The Promised Neverland was one of the most engaging animes that I had ever seen. Every second of season one had me at the edge of my seat, desperate to binge the entire 12 episodes. When season one ended, I worried that it might have been one of those animes that ended on an uplifting but ominous note, never getting a second season and leaving fans to either read the manga or come up with their own conclusions. Then the trailers for season two appeared, boasting that The Promised Neverland was the most watched anime in history. So how did season two drop the ball so hard? The season started off with so much promise and intrigue, with everything from the friendly demons Mujika and Sanju to a mysterious hidden shelter left by the doubly mysterious William Minerva, and then the reappearance of a hardened Norman. But instead of building on that intrigue and making a series that lasted four to six seasons, The Promised Neverland suddenly decides to take a sharp turn and crashes into a brick wall, killing all of the fans inside. So let's unpack why that finale is so unfulfilling. Hi guys, I'm Megan, and welcome to the Fangirl, where I am so glad that I never invested in the Promised Neverland manga, or else my rage would probably be immeasurable right now. I've heard repeatedly that season two started jumping the rails and leaving out major story arcs and new characters left and right, and that left the emotional fulfillment of season two somewhere off in a void. And while I personally wouldn't know the difference if the story had been changed, I will say that my feelings feelings of love and empathy towards the characters completely vanished in season two. My investment in the show relied heavily on the goodwill that I already felt about the characters after season one. For me, it got especially off-putting when Emma started to accept that killing things was a natural part of survival, yet she still kept stomping her feet and whining at even the thought of removing demons from the equation. Emma's insistence got to an unnatural point where she was willing to forsake the safety of her own family for the sake of these demons that wanted her dead. And that seemed to counter everything that Emma had been about in season one. But even though I haven't read the manga, which I will put in a disclaimer here really quick, frankly, I make so many videos in a year and most of them bring in less than five dollars in revenue. So it's a really unrealistic use of my time and my finances to read the source material for everything I cover. But even though I've never read the manga, even I could still tell that that finale was upsettingly abrupt and made no sense. My daughter and I kept watching the slideshow waiting for season three to be set up and we kept joking back and forth with each other going, oh, I guess we're not important enough to know what that's about. Honestly, I thought that they were just skipping over some story arcs to find a good place to start season three and that all these still images were to promote manga sales. But my jaw literally dropped when I saw Mujika get crowned because it was very clear at that point that this wasn't a setup, this was a finale. What a slap in the face. When season two was first announced, I went online and saw that the manga has over 180 chapters, and I honestly felt relieved that they'd have so much room to keep going with the story. But even taking the manga out of the equation, I would have never expected this to all wrap up in two seasons. Season one introduced everything slowly and let us become intrigued with the mystery, especially because we had no idea what was going on. That could have continued with season two, but the writers were intent 
intent on checking off boxes as quickly as possible, which made it feel more like the evening news over a narrative to connect with. I mean, there was still so much story to tell. Half of season three could have been dedicated to the kids who went to the human realm and got adopted and got to live their normal lives, and I would have been there for that. There was so much to still explore there, especially with all these women and children suddenly appearing with neck tattoos. That ain't normal. And then the human world finding out that the demon world exists and having to process and cope with that could have been so interesting. And even if those real world world story arcs went nowhere, I would have still been happy to see those kids thriving in their new environment. Instead, we were given a season two climax that did not give us any time for the falling action aftermath so that we could feel good about where the story ended. It's a basic storytelling principle that you have to let the audience come down a little bit after everything has happened and you see them go back to their normal or new lives and you feel okay. I mean, when you're about to disconnect from these characters forever, you don't want to be wondering, well, what happened with this? Or, oh, that ended too soon. I needed more context. I needed more feels. It would be like Toy Story 3 if Andy just showed up with a box of his toys, dropped it on the porch, and walked away. That would not make us feel good. So maybe the end of a story doesn't give you every answer that you would have wanted, or you see the characters starting a new adventure, but you feel like the story that you just watched came to a natural conclusion, and everything is pretty much resolved before you get disconnected from that world. But The Promised Neverland raises more issues than it answers, and that is just unforgivable. We've had such a great era of anime lately where shows are even being remade to follow the manga more closely, i.e. Fruits Basket. These days, anime isn't so much seen as a quick way to make a cheap buck off of a title that's recognizable. It is often a genuine art form that really respects its fans for the most part. So I just cannot wrap my head around the executives who decided to not only give two very short seasons to an extremely long and popular manga, but who also chose to finalize the show in season two in such an ungratifying way when they could have left it open-ended like they did in season one. I would rather have had that potential left on the table than to try to cram a hundred plus chapters of a manga into two minutes of screen time. Even if the series didn't closely follow the manga, which I'm no stickler for anyways, the story that we were given in the anime had just so much more room to expand that it's heartbreaking. And who knows? Maybe they would have gotten the ratings in for season two and gone, hey, let's keep this show going and make a bunch of money off of merchandise and Blu-ray sales. But now Don Quixote's dead and nobody can ever progress that story without rebooting the entire series from scratch. It is what it is though, and we are stuck with an ending that is more unfulfilling than the Game of Thrones finale, which I'm actually going to talk about next week. Although I can't help but be annoyed, if this was really supposed to be a finale, then why did we waste so much of it hearing the backstory of a guy who's barely even a memorable character? That five minutes of monologuing could have been better used to construct an ending that was at least somewhat coherent. I mean, sure, the mystery of Minerva would have still been out there, but I was in no way invested in actually finding out who that was, 
but I was invested in the stories of Ray, Norman, and Emma. Not to mention, why bring up the Demon Queen, the nobles, and their weird festival things so many times in season two if there was going to be no room to give that story any payoff? And what about the clearly human-shaped people that chase the kids out of their underground shelter? They seem to be hunting the children, and I assume that they're connected to the farm somehow because that's all we could really know to make sense of it. But it's hard to say when those people are never seen or heard of again. Plus, when you combine how dangerous the forest is and how many demons want to eat humans, it is really odd to have a kind of SWAT team made up of humans. So why introduce any of this? Just cut it all out and give that extra time to wrapping up the story sensibly. Instead, The Promised Neverland plays out like a season three was expected, but then the show got canceled after writing episode nine of season two. Maybe someday there'll be a Promised Neverland reboot series that will really be worth our time. But after this finale, I don't know that anybody would be willing to give the franchise another chance. But I do hope that this video essay gives you guys a chance to commiserate and know that you are not alone in your discontentment. And hopefully that'll give you more closure than the show did. Oh, and I do want to mention, I have seen a lot of people like flipping out saying, oh, we got to boycott the series. That was such a junk finale. We won't buy anything with the Promised Neverland on it ever, ever, ever again. Boycott it. You know, I find it really unlikely that the author Kayu Shire is very happy with what they did with his material. So just please don't punish the creator of the manga because the show executives and showrunners and writers did a horrible job. I'm sure Shire had no control here, and if you truly hated the end of the Promised Neverland season two, then just go and buy the manga and support the story that he wanted to be told. I might be overthinking it, but that's literally my job. Hi guys, I'm McGann. <coughs> Whoa. That ain't normal. That ain't normal. That ain't normal. I mean, that ain't, that ain't normal. I would have rather had the potent, the potent, potential. But I do hope that this video essay has given you... What a slap in the face! 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 Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.